You're listening to Parallel Fiction, a podcast that celebrates storytellers across all mediums. Each episode, we weave together two stories within a common theme and analyze their meaning on everyday life. This week's theme is controversy. I'm Jeff. And I'm Heather. And welcome back to the show, guys. It's uh, been a good week. Uh, We had a lot of uh, traffic on fun, and we want to thank you guys for listening to it. You missed a really good opportunity to be like, we had a lot of fun with fun. <laughs> I don't want to be like that guy. Though. But I am. So <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I'll bring the Unapologetic. fun. For, the fun for both of us. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, it was so much fun just talking about Wayne's World the whole week, especially on social media, because that's I don't know. It's just a great movie for me. I don't know. It's one of your faves. <laughs> it right? brings back the good memories. Yeah. It'd be in like maybe your top 10. Uh, comedies? Yeah, maybe. Okay. I don't I, know about like all time movies. But right, right. That would be a sure. good topic one day. Oh, crap. That, I would take forever. I wouldn't be able to narrow them down. <laughs> I'm like too indecisive. Hmm. I just hmm. got an idea. We're going to talk about this off okay, air cool. later. But okay, remind me. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. And so another piece of fun information, I guess, is that we're going to be updating our logo soon. So I'm so excited. I know. We just saw like the rough draft of, um, like basically where the direction's going and we loved it. It's going to be really cool. And so it's something good to watch out for. Yeah. The artist we commissioned has some really great ideas, so it's going to be awesome. Yeah. We definitely um, love to share her stuff once we get everything in order and stuff. Yeah. So that should be out in, I guess, in another few weeks. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully <laughs> I'm excited to see it now. I'm like, let's go. I know, me too. <laughs> yeah. So have that to look forward to and debut. Yeah. We'll let you guys know. You'll yeah, see. I didn't realize when I made the first logo that it doesn't say like podcast anywhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> or our names. Yeah, so, but the font's cool. It is <laughs> so, a nice font. Yeah, so that's going to stay and then it's going to be a cool like um, animated version of us. So it was really cool. I can't yeah. wait to see the final product, but um, yeah, so something to look forward to. Nice. And uh, if you guys want to listen to any of those back episodes with the old logo, <laughs> you can find us anywhere podcasts are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Simplecast. And then if you want to look for our social media and then eventually see our new logo, you can find us Parallel Fiction on Twitter and Instagram, Parallel Fiction Podcast on Facebook, or send us an old-fashioned email at ParallelFictionPod at gmail.com. We will give you a shout out. Yeah. And uh, I guess without further ado, let's do some rock, paper, scissors for who goes first. Yeah. All right. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh. The first time. <laughs> the first time that I don't actually throw freaking scissors. <laughs> throw paper. You lose. <laughs> Good he day. He threw those scissors. <laughs> All right, cool. Oh, wait. We didn't even tell people what we're doing. I know. I, guess... I was going to say that. Yeah, so. I figured now we can. Yeah, so. This was un- unintentional because I just did a Kevin Smith movie, but I'm going to be doing the 1999 movie Dogma. I'm so excited. Yeah. I just watched it for the first time with Jeff while he was, <laughs> you know, preparing the yeah. notes. Because, fun fact, and I'm sure Jeff's going to tell you about it, you can't yeah. like find this movie anywhere. Yeah, we went to um, Jane Silent Bob's Secret Stash, which is a comic book store around here. And uh, it's right across the street from where most of this movie takes place. But- <laughs> and it's Kevin Smith's <laughs> store. So Yeah, so we went in there one day looking to buy it, like on Blu-ray or whatever. And I was like, oh, you don't have a copy of Dogma here, do you? And the guy behind the register was like, no, and if I did, I'd be a millionaire because it's worth like a ton of money on eBay. And I'm like, huh, 
So, yeah, if you go to a local thrift store and see a copy of this, <laughs> that's pick probably the only place you'll find it. But, yeah, pick yeah. it up. Might be able to resell it on the interwebs. Yeah. So, I mean, I, as a New Jersey resident, it's probably, like, illegal that I did not see a lot of Kevin Smith <laughs> movies before Jeff. Yeah. I don't think I saw any. At oh, least- I saw Jersey Girl. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like young when I saw it, like when it came out in yeah. theaters. What was that, 2005? Uh, it might have been earlier. 2004? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It was, well, it was when Ben and JLo were dating the first time. So yeah, around like mid 2000s. Yeah, because they're both somehow in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? So never saw another Kevin Smith movie until yeah. Jeff introduce me to you the gotta see at least world. clerks but this is a, a good landmark one especially because we live yeah. within like 15 minutes of everything in there yeah honestly so. <laughs> it might be one of my faves yeah now, nice so. so yeah let's uh and oh i gotta tell people what i'm covering I'm oh that's right i am covering uh jody picklot's uh novel called a spark of light it's one of her more recent novels okay cool i don't own that <laughs> i don't know anything about it so it should be cool who's going first by the way uh i'll go first okay it's yeah. been a while all right cool it's been a while. We'll be right back with Dog Man. All right, and we're back. <laughs> and let's talk about the 1999 movie Dogma. I'm excited. So should I, it, it's controversial why you can't buy this on DVD. Should I say it now or should I wait till the end? Maybe wait for some analysis. Let's just, we'll go through the summary. All right, right you'll have to remind me. So <laughs> this was released on November 12th, 1999 in America. It's written and directed by Kevin Smith. Uh, it's his fourth movie, even though he wrote the script as his first movie. So this actually didn't get made huh. until like after Clerks and Mallrats and all that other stuff. Gotcha. I know. And it's a pretty star-studded cast. You got Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, like at the height of their powers, mm-hmm. Linda Florentino, Chris Rock, Alan Rickman, Selma Hayek, Jason Lee, George Carlin, and Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith. Honestly, <laughs> such a star-stacked cast. I know, right? Like they had, you know, like the money. Actually, no, uh, that's another funny story about this. So all of the um, all the actors in this movie worked for scale, which is like the um, Hollywood minimum wage. Because they liked the script so much, they wanted to be part oh, of the wow. movie. So, like, there was nobody who got, like, big leagued in, like, their salary in this movie. Huh. Everybody made the Good same. Good for them. I know, Humble. right? Right? It was made on $10 million, which is crazy. That doesn't seem like a lot. No. It's not at all a lot of money. But uh, it made somewhere around, like, $44 million, So, it was a box office success. Good yeah. for Good for Kev. And now it's probably still raking in more money since you can't find it anywhere. Well, yeah, I don't know. They're not producing more copies of it for quite a while and there's a good reason for that we'll get there <laughs> has nothing to do with religion but anyway <laughs> this did piss off a lot of catholics because it kind of retcons a lot of their mythology and whatnot mm-hmm. so i just want to give a little bit of a warning first if um you're triggered by that sort of thing and uh, religion is kind of like a big deal for you you might want to skip this part because um there's a lot they play with in catholicism yeah maybe just Skip to my part. Not that my part has much better. I have trigger warnings coming for mine, yeah. too, and they're not super nice. Yeah. This is going to be a controversial episode. Yeah. But this is this is a comedy movie, and there's a bunch of uh, really funny, like, written text at the beginning of the movie saying how, like, God has a sense of humor, and you should, right. too, and well, if you need any proof, just look at the platypus. Before we get into it, I was raised Christian and yeah. still attend church occasionally. Yeah. Um. And I was not offended by this movie, so I just want to put that out there. Yeah, and you're easily offended by everything, so there you go. What? <laughs> you think I'm a snowflake? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So get to the summary here. <laughs> okay. So the movie starts in Asbury Park on the boardwalk. Um, hey, which I is, know that place. Which is funny to see in like the 90s. It was. It was I don't really know. weird. They, like, it's a lot different now, but still the same. It's weird. So there's this dude on the boardwalk and he gets jumped by these three teenage kids with like hockey sticks and like they just beat the crap out of him. Really weird. The well, first they, time I saw it, I was like, I mean, Jeff's like, they're going to explain more later. I was it's like, it's mysterious. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, in another town of Red Bank, there's this dude, Cardinal Glick, who is at this Catholic church and he's holding a press conference where he announces the church's initiative to be more engaging and unveils the newly redesigned <laughs> Jesus effigy, the Buddy Christ, <laughs> who's like winking and he's giving the thumbs up. And uh, if you're not offended by that sort of thing, Google it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> if you go to the secret stash, you can get like a little dashboard ornament to put on which i gotta get one of those but anyway so this dude cardinal glick also announces that he's going to be doing a ceremony in which he'll bless the entranceway like the arches of the church and anybody who goes through these arches when it's blessed will like absolve all their sin like all their sins so Mm -hmm. it's like a clean slate type thing for like one day just to get press on the church one day one day only <laughs> get all your sins <laughs> magically erased. yeah so now we're introduced to bartleby and loki who are like the main antagonists of the movie they're these two fallen angels hanging out in uh wisconsin because they were banished from heaven to live in wisconsin forever what a place <laughs> um these two like i said were banished because of um bartleby who's like a watcher angel convinced loki who was the old angel of death to like resign i gotta say the name loki's been like so it's been like tainted not tainted but like all i picture is loki from the marvel universe so quick sidebar matt damon's loki is named after the loki from the comic books he's not like yeah and the the character in the movie because there isn't really like a loki in catholicism i guess but there's a funny like meta moment in thor ragnarok like for the listeners, like if you remember at the beginning when Loki is like impersonating Odin, there's like a stage play of Loki's death. Mm-hmm. And the guy who's playing Loki in that faux play is Matt Damon as a throwback oh my to this. God. So Wait, like, I vaguely remember you being like, oh, my God. So, yeah, like he's in theaters about that. Loki twice. So Matt Damon, That's the original awesome. Loki. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, prior to the beginning of this movie, Bartleby, who's Ben Affleck, is sent an anonymous letter with a newspaper clipping of the church's archway ceremony. So Bartleby decides that if they pass through the archway, they can get back into heaven on a loophole, and he convinces Loki to travel to New Jersey to try out this theory. Next, we meet Bethany Sloan, a woman who works in an abortion clinic in Illinois, um, though she still keeps her commitment to attend church every Sunday. So she's at church and there's like a scene of like, you know, kids just being loud and playing with toys and people sleeping. And sadly, that's, you know, usually the scene in church. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But at the end of the service, the priest is talking about this John Doe in New Jersey who's in a coma. And the um, like the church is trying to raise money to not pull the plug on this guy. So that was the dude at the beginning who got jumped. Right. At the whatever. Later on that night in her sleep, Bethany is visited by the Metatron who is the voice of God. And it's like, so it's Alan Rickman playing this, which is funny because Alan Rickman's the voice of God. But he, uh, <laughs> he appears to Bethany in a large pillar of fire and explains that if uh, these two angels, Bartaby and Loki, succeed in re-entering heaven, they'll overrule the word of God, which is kind of a no-no. Sounds like a big no-no. <laughs> Probably shouldn't, like, spit in the eye. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't sound good. No. So... 
He also tells her that she'll be visited by two prophets who will reveal themselves um, in order to aid her in her journey. So <laughs> the next day, Bethany's leaving work and is about to be jumped by the three teenage hockey stick kids. <laughs> but she's saved by Jay and Silent Bob, who appear out of nowhere and fend off these kids. And uh, Jay mentions that they need to go home to New Jersey and make a profit, which is the verbal clue that Bethany needs to figure out that these two idiots yeah. are her prophet. She's like, profit, New Jersey. <laughs> There's That's part, it. There's a part where Jay's like, man, I know they were just kids, but we fucked them up. <laughs> like, beat up these kids. <laughs> yeah, they were really funny in this movie. I mean, they're always funny, but yeah. lots of good moments. <laughs> There's a lot of humor in there. <laughs> um, I wonder if they had like the Jay and Silent Bob characters when he first wrote this. I don't know. I don't know. Because apparently, like I said, it, it was, you know, written first. Mm. That's a good question. I'll ask him next time I see Kevin him. Smith, let us know. <laughs> At us on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the three of them make their way to a diner and make these arrangements to take Bethany back to New Jersey and help them with their mission. But, you know, Jay's like, oh, if we're ever about to die and there's only five seconds left to live, would you have sex with me? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, like, that's not going to happen. But sure. Uh, not long after they start their journey, Jay blows out the engine in the car due to not knowing how to shift. So now they're stranded on the side of the road until morning. And then, uh, you know, they're getting in a fight and Bethany's about to go home when this dude falls out of the sky completely naked. <laughs> he makes <laughs> and, quite an entrance. And we learn that he is Rufus, the 13th apostle who was Rufus Humphrey left. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, this is Chris Rock. So definitely not the same guy. Oh, yeah. So, not Matthew Settle. No. <laughs> so he tells us that um, he's from heaven and that he chilled out with Jesus and he's here to help Bethany, the last Zion, whatever. So we don't know what that means yet. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a demon named Azrael who appears on Earth as well. And uh, he's the mastermind behind the three hockey playing teens. Mm-hmm. He's been the one like sicking them on people. So he finds a home with Central Air, his favorite thing in the world. <laughs> and mur- Same. And murders the owner to take like the house is their headquarters just wants the central air dude me too <laughs> it's like getting into these summer months and like right uh, you can't have the fan we can't have the ac on so we're like powering we're doing okay <laughs> no it's true it's Kinda. a nice not nice, too bad right now nice temperate night yeah <laughs> so um bethany rufus jay and bob make their way to a movie movies fast food restaurant which is this fictional restaurant in the kevin smith world it's kind of like a mcdonald's but their mascot's kind of like mickey mouse so it's just this huge multimedia thing. He's like an idol. And funny enough, it's, it's supposed to be the golden calf from the Bible. Yes. So, yes. Um, funny enough, the last year, Kevin Smith yeah. has been going around the country like opening pop up movies. Mm-hmm. And we didn't go because of COVID. I, like we didn't feel safe. But a lot of our friends went and they it was like, awesome. I think it was also hard to get tickets. You too. had to get like a reservation. Yeah. So. And you know how hard it is on. getting like tickets for anything right now. So. Yeah, I know. it's still going on. So. Hopefully yes. I'll come back here. I don't know. Keep your eyes open around the world. Yeah. I want to know how the food is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they go to this movies and Rufus is trying to prove that he was really this 13th apostle and he was left out of the Bible because he's a black dude. And um, so he's like giving them all, you know, like you never told anybody this, but this. And Jay's like, oh, tell, tell me something about me that I don't know. And he's like, oh, you masturbate more than anyone else in the world. And he's like, well, what else? And he's like. Oh, when you're doing it, you're thinking about guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Jay's like, no. <laughs> I mean, nowadays he would give a shit. But. And I was, I think, didn't I say last night? I was like, is that their kind of way of like saying that 
he's I think I mean he's he's bye. always and I explained it like the Todd from Scrubs where yeah. like he's he's pansexual I would guess I don't know like next time I see have, Jay he'll I'll just ask be him. interested in like whatever <laughs> yeah next, he'll just fuck anything yeah next time <laughs> next time I see Jay I'll ask him <laughs> I'm sure yeah he'll give us a good answer I'm sure <laughs> Elsewhere, Bartleby and Loki have obtained a gun and they're going on a killing spree of sinners in order to get some good grace in the eyes of the Lord so that when they return to heaven, it'll look like they were doing God's work, you know, as a favor. So um, being that Loki was formerly the angel of death, he's used to killing these people. So and because Bartleby's a watcher, he could like tell who's right. a sinner or not. So they think they're doing like, hey, God, like took care of some of those sinners for you so cross that off the to-do list yeah let us back in <laughs> yeah um so the two former angels take a sidebar to the hq of this movies corporation to basically murder like the whole you know board of directors because they're all terrible people like the whole upper management oh, yeah and because they created a false idol like yeah the golden that's calf. what i was saying yeah, yeah. moses would have been pissed yeah <laughs> moses would have been like no idols no Check out these slabs. Yeah. So Loki was like, no idols. Mm -hmm. Get rid of that golden calf. Yeah. Get right out of here. <laughs> Ten commandments, bitches. Time to milk this cow. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, the, like I said, they go to this uh, um, board meeting and they, you know, give like all these speeches about how they're terrible people. And then they go back and like lay or Loki goes back and lays waste to all these you know dudes except for one person who was this lady on the board and she led to clean life and so they let her live they're like you're innocent <laughs> but she didn't say god bless you when loki sneezes so <laughs> like mid monologue he sneezes so he almost like shoots her too but he's like but you didn't say god bless you <laughs> yeah. when i sneeze it's like you're lucky it sounds brutal out. but it's kind of funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so Back at the gang, <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob go to a strip club so Jay can feel less embarrassed about the whole like jerking off thing and prove that he's a straight dude. And that's when they run into Serendipity, who left heaven and is a stripper now. Oh, <laughs> wow. Fall from grace. Oh, you know, that's what she wants to do. Got to make a living. Yeah, whatever, dude. People need work. Um, So... Asriel is pissed off that the triplets can't take out Bethany and like the rest of the gang. So he summons a Golgothan, which is a shit demon. <laughs> is that real? Yeah. Look it up. Wow. Yeah. Okay. They explain it in the movie, but you were too busy being grossed out to hear it. I couldn't look at like a literal <laughs> pile of shit. So it's a giant rubber poop monster. But if it... you go to Jane Silent Bob's secret stash, they have the costume there on like display. <laughs> Oh, is that what that was? Yeah, it's a giant poop monster. Love it. <laughs> Apparently that was the most expensive shot in the whole film. Like the CGI of like the monster getting made. I believe it. <laughs> so, CGI is expensive, man. So this Golgothan poop monster is trying to, <laughs> trying to attack them at the strip club. I can't take poop monster seriously. It sounds like you're talking to a three-year-old. <laughs> it's a giant poop monster. So well, it's better than shit demon. That's not what I would say to a three-year-old. But True. So uh, Silent Bob stops the thing by spraying like air freshener in its face. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's odor killer. So it like knocks the thing out. Um, Serendipity decides to stay with the shit demon and like find out more of the plan while the rest of the gang moves on. Um, Asriel, the demon guy, later meets up with Bartleby and Loki at like a convenience store and tells them to stop killing all these people because it's putting a giant spotlight on them and that both heaven and hell are pissed off about their plan. 
God because it'll prove him wrong and Lucifer is pissed because they're about to do something that he could never do. <laughs> right. So, so angels and demons alike are going after these two guys. Everyone's here. pissed. Mm hmm. <laughs> shit was everywhere. <laughs> the shit demon. <laughs> yeah. So now Bethany and her gang get on a train to go to New Jersey. But Bartleby and Loki are also on the same train in order to keep a low profile in their journey. So the two sides meet and become friends, not knowing who the other one is. So it's kind right. of funny. Um, Rufus is sleeping, so he doesn't know that they're all getting chummy or else he would immediately like recognize Bartleby and Loki. Yeah. So later on the train to New Jersey, Bethany's getting drunk and reveals her mission to Bartleby, which is to go catch the angels and stop them and stuff. And the, so Bartleby like grabs her and like is trying to threaten to kill her and get safe passage off the train and stuff. But Jay, Silent Bob and Rufus overthrow the angels and toss them off of the train. Um, so now Bartleby and Loki got thrown onto these tracks and the rest of the gang is moving towards New Jersey. Bartleby and Loki now realize the consequences of their scheme. And if they reenter the archway, it'll actually unmake all of existence because it'll prove God wrong. And because the whole structure of the world is based off of God being infallible to prove him wrong would unmake existence. <laughs> Big yikes. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, do it. <laughs> yeah. Start over. Yeah, just Start like, fresh. Whatever. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Clean so. slate. Let's just, <laughs> just reshuffle the deck. Better luck um, next time, everyone. <laughs> try again. So uh, at this point, Loki wants no part in destroying all of existence. He's like, Wisconsin's not that bad. <laughs> He's like, I'll go back to Milwaukee. It's yeah. fine. So Bethany and Rufus and all them leave the train as well because they want to like not be where Bartleby and Loki could find them, you know, like right. throw on the they're train. Like, here, uh -oh. yeah. So they're off camping in the woods. And at this point, she's becoming, you know, super impatient with Rufus and like everything's vague and stuff. So she asks Rufus to explain why she's important. And he tells her that um, she's the very, very distant grandniece of Jesus who had brothers and sisters during the 18 year blank period of time in the Bible. So oh. those are familiar with the Bible. It goes from like Jesus age 12 to Jesus age 30. So they're saying that um, Mary and Joseph had other children. So right. like half brothers and sisters of Jesus. So right. she's a relative of him that way. <laughs> Which I guess technically makes sense. Right. There's like 18 whole years. Like, how do you not know about that? And there's no birth control back then. So. I know. <laughs> the way Rufus says it, he's like, I think a married couple never got down. <laughs> <laughs> so this naturally causes Bethany to freak out and run away until she ends up falling in a lake, which is subtle symbolism. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> and uh, so she's once again visited by the Metatron, who is Alan Rickman, the voice of God. <laughs> Love Alan Rickman. Rest yeah. in peace. So there's a great scene where the Metatron admits that he was also the person who had to tell a young Jesus that he was the only son of God. And uh, if he had a choice, he wouldn't have done it because it's a big burden to lay on someone, let alone a 12 year old. So Fair. He's kind of giving her like a pep talk. It's like, you know, we got to do this. You know, it's got to be you. So you've let's, been chosen. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> so. Um, Metatron decides to take everyone, uh, the rest of the way to New Jersey with his magic. So he's like snaps his fingers and the whole gang like suddenly s appears in like a fancy restaurant. So. Yeah. God, Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Metatron also admits that the God's whereabouts are unknown. He disappeared while taking human form, which he does once a month to go play skee ball. <laughs> Cause apparently God is a huge skee ball fan. That's amazing. Also skee ball is the best. Oh, dude. So. Yeah. Come on. That might be a Jersey thing. I don't know how, how many people. It might be a Jersey thing. <laughs> the ski ball is the fucking most. 
So for these reasons, the task is falling to Bethany because she's the last scion, like we said. So that's why God doesn't just like fix this shit right away. Yeah. <laughs> so Jay and Silent Bob get the idea to ask the Cardinal to just close the church so that the ceremony won't take place, stopping Bartleby's plan altogether. But when they visit the church, the group kind of fails to persuade the dude to cancel the celebration. They needed John Taffer for that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> Trademark. But uh, <laughs> they end up stealing one of his golf clubs anyway as like a minor like recompense. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, eh, well, screw it. Yeah. Also, Bartleby and Loki finally make their way to New Jersey into the church where they announce themselves and then they start to kill all the folks around who are doing like the press conference and who are there for the ceremony. So shit's hitting the fan. Oh, no. Serendipity meets back with the gang at a local bar, but they're intercepted by Azrael and the triplets who finally reveal themselves to the gang. So Azrael was like a artist angel who got cast out of heaven when like heaven and hell split up because mm-hmm. he was like, he didn't want to fight. He was just kind of like playing both sides. He was being like a little passive aggressive. Yeah, little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Azrael also reveals that he was the one who sent the news clipping to Bartleby and Loki. And uh, he knows that it'll unmake existence, but he'd rather not exist than go back to hell. So he knew all the consequences. It was his plan all along. Yep, all along. (laughs) Serendipity convinces Bob to kill Azrael with the golf club that they stole from the um, Cardinal. Because like their thinking was that Glick had blessed his clubs in order to like improve his game. Right. (laughs) Which turns out to be true. It uh, is an instrument of God. So he hits oh. Azrael and it works and it kills him. I guess he goes back to hell. So bye. Bye. See ya. Yeah. They kill the triplets because Bethany, like now with her God powers, blesses the um, sink to be holy water. <laughs> so they like <laughs> drown them in holy water at the bar. <laughs> Jesus uh, powers. Exactly. So they race to the church where Bartleby has killed the Cardinal Glick, all the parishioners, everybody's standing by. And then Loki, who had his wings cut off. So in this movie, when you get your wings cut off as an angel, it turns you into a mortal. And so Loki's like drunk and he's trying to stop Bartleby, but Bartleby kills him instead. So bye, Loki. That wasn't nice. That was his buddy. Right. And then so funny story also with Loki's. That's kind of how the same way that Loki kills Thor or not kills Thor, but like stabs him at the end of like Thor 2. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He like stabs him right out of the chest. Um. Good throwback, or probably not intentional. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? So at this point, Jay's trying to like seduce Bethany because like the whole pact they made before with like the world about to end. <laughs> he's like, everything, the world's ending. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he mentions the John Doe jersey, like, oh, I don't want to end up like some John Doe jersey. And she puts two and two together that that might be God in his human form. It was a light bulb moment. And that's why he couldn't help them because he was in a coma. He wasn't all the way mm. dead. Whereas like if he died, he would just go straight back to heaven. Right. And like be able to help her. So she takes Silent Bob, goes to the hospital and unplugs this dude. And uh, obviously it's God. <laughs> so, Woo. so he's now like dead and goes back to heaven. But it also kills Bethany too. the same. Martyr. I'm pretty sure you can't like do that. <laughs> so. Bartleby reaches the church's entrance, and when he opens them, it's just in the nick of time for God to, like, come back down and stop him. So it's uh, manifested in human form, which is a lady, a.k.a. Linus Morissette. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, wait, is that who I think it is? Yeah. I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah, so she, um, so Bartleby, like, it's actually a really good scene where he's, like, apologizing, and he's, like, all of a sudden really sorry, but it doesn't help him, and she, like, disintegrates him with her voice. Yeah, it was pretty wild. It was pretty intense. Yeah. So, bye, Bartleby. See ya. 
Um, Bob returns to the church with Bethany, who's like dead. And so God resurrects her and also like gives her a child. So now she's pregnant with (laughs) a Jesus baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, After that, God, the Metatron, Rufus, Serendipity all return to heaven and they leave Bethany with the prophets to um, live out the rest of their lives. Live their best lives. Yeah, exactly. And then that's the end. Awesome, babe. Yeah. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back with a spark of light. Yes. We're back. Let's get into our novel portion. Nice. What you got this week? This is called A Spark of Light. It's by one of my favorite authors, Jody Picklot. Yeah, you already you did one or two of hers before, right? Don't think I've ever I've wanted to do a Jody Picklock book, <laughs> oh, yeah, but I, I never say, did. Maybe because like the books are just everywhere around here. They are <laughs> like honestly. All of them. <laughs> and this book was written in 2018. So oh, okay, so it's if you've new. never read a Jody Picklock book, she's a very similar formula. And years ago, I was yeah. in this book club slash blog called yeah. uh, "Broke Girls Go Out" when I lived in Philadelphia. And we used to do, we had a little book club going and we covered one of her books. And I remember specifically in our um, discussion about how we love her books, but sometimes it gets very predictable because you know, there's going to be a huge twist. Yeah. Uh, This was one of the books though, where I felt like I didn't see the twist coming. Okay. I love when that happens because like I hardly ever get God anymore (laughs) just because we watch so many movies and read so many books. Like it's, you know. Right. Like. You know, and and for a while, too, like if you are watching something and you're like familiar with the way the director is or the yeah. this type of movie, you kind of like feel, you know, what's coming. And that's yeah. how I felt like with her books. Like I always felt like I could see the twist from a mile away. And this one actually <laughs> got me. Yeah. So she also likes to write from like multiple point of views. And like we're not just talking like two point of views like sometimes it's like game of thrones level it's a lot of point of views yeah Yeah. and this one specifically it's like all over the place like there's just a bunch of people so (laughs) i'm actually gonna explain the book by each character instead of necessarily going like chronologically yeah okay because that's kind of actually how she does it so hopefully i make a lot of sense i I'm not going to go into like extreme detail with this. Yeah. Uh, I actually highly recommend this book. I think it's a good read. I mean, it's controversial, but yeah. So I just want to also offer a trigger warning. Um, Abortion and rape and gun violence are very prevalent in this book. If any of those are triggering to you, I would probably skip my portion of the podcast. (laughs) Uh, Come back and try again next time. Go back for fun. (laughs) (laughs) so we really jump right into the action here so we have a mass shooting occurring at an abortion center called the center in mississippi yeah so right there i think that just kind of lays out the whole controversy controversy right there yeah (laughs) like we got an abortion center in mississippi and there's a mass shooting that's a lot (laughs) there's a man named george goddard he's the shooter we start off what is the end of a hostage standoff. And unfortunately, there's already a number of people dead. Aww. There is only one remaining hostage left in this hostage is named Bren. And she, 
just so happens to be the daughter of the hostage negotiator. <laughs> oh, my God. Named Hugh. Yeah. So in an attempt to save his daughter, Hugh offers himself up in exchange for Ren. So as they're making the switch, Ren's walking towards safety and we see George lift his gun towards her and pull the trigger. Oh. Cliffhanger. That's how you start off the book. Oh, and you're wow. like, wait, does she get shot? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that was a hot, a hot opening. It's a hot opening. <laughs> so from there, the story continues in reverse chronological order. So the book progresses backwards in time mm. and it goes through each character that's present in the shooting or involved in the shooting and basically goes into the story of how they ended up at the clinic that day. Gotcha. Spoiler alert. It's not always for an abortion. So, <laughs> uh, I would compare the center to a planned parenthood. Okay. So kind of like the opposite of my character, Bethany's job, which is like a straight up abortion. Clinic. Right. This gotcha. one offers like other women health services as well. Like as plant does planned parenthood. Gotcha. Uh, so the way the chapters are written, it goes, we have the current time where the shooting's occurring, where the hostage negotiating and the switch is happening, which was around 5 p.m. So now we go backwards an hour each chapter. So we go from 4 p.m. back to 3 to 2, 1, all the way to 8 a.m. where things yeah. start and then finish with an epilogue. Reverse 24. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So as I said before, I'm kind of going to go by each character because as the novel progresses, you kind of see how each character comes into play. Like, I felt like every chapter specifically was about a person involved at the shooting. So we started off learning about George. He's the shooter. And his intention behind we have gotten into this mass shooting today. He has a daughter named Lil. And... She had an abortion at the center recently, so he thinks at least. Yeah. George is a former military man, and he was dishonorably discharged after he attacked two civilians in Bosnia. But the reason that he was attacking two civilians was because they were trying to rape a woman. So he was trying to protect the woman, mm -hmm. and he attacked the civilians, but ended up getting dishonorably discharged. Huh. So it's like Con Air. I never saw Con Air. That's basically how Nicolas Cage's character goes to jail. Gotcha. <laughs> so he returns home, obviously embittered, and his wife is like, yeah, this isn't going to work out, and leaves, just like dips out and leaves him to raise their daughter on his own. So he's super close to his daughter. Um, that's basically all he has. Yeah. So now at this point, he's eight hours into his justice crusade, and he's exhausted, and he's confused, and he's also, at this point, been stabbed by Ren. So now we get a little introduction into Ren. She's a teenage girl mm. and she's at the center seeking birth control because she's seeing a boy for the first time, a boy named Ryan, and she thinks she loves him. So she wants to protect herself. So there you go. she's making responsible, smart decisions. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. No. She's afraid to ask her dad. Her mom's not in the picture. Yeah. Um, so she asks her Aunt Bex to bring her instead. So Bex is actually... Uh, Ren's aunt and Hugh's sister. She's an artist and she's served as the mother figure for Ren after Ren's mother, Annabelle, cheated on Hugh and left for Paris. She just was like, okay, bye. She's like, fuck it, I'm out. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like this anymore. I'm going to Paris. Yep, peace. <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, Bex gets shot by George. Uh. But she is like in, she's still awake. She's not dead. 
and she's able to get released from the hostage to seek medical attention because they kind of talk George into like, hey, like, you know, clearly this woman's not here for an abortion because part of his crusade was like, you know, going after the people that were having abortions or giving abortions. How dare you kill something? I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Yeah, not a super great logic. No. (laughs) But all right. So basically she's able to get released and go get medical attention. Um, Bex brings Ren to the center in the first place because she's pro-choice and she, but she knows abortion is not something she'd consider for herself. Yeah. Just thinking of, uh, in Dogma, Jane, Silent Bob have a uh, line where they're like, oh, we're pro-choice. Whatever a woman wants to do with her body is her own fucking business. Yeah. So, like, yeah. so I, uh. We have a lot of crossovers know, in these right? two. I don't know. It always happens like that. Yeah. Parallel fiction. Roll credits. So also involved in the shooting, we have Olive. She is a retired professor, and she goes to the center for health reasons. Um, unfortunately, she's told she has stage four cervical cancer. Oh, rough. Yeah. So the shooting starts, and she and Ren, they, like, run into each other. They were both, like, in exam rooms, and they try to hide in a closet, but unfortunately, they're later discovered by George. Uh, at one point, the hostages are able to kind of talk and create a plan together and they stage a fail attempt to try to get the gun from George. Mm. So because of their actions, he's like, well, I'm going to shoot one of you. So he goes to shoot Ren, but Olive jumps in front of the bullet and is killed instead. Yeah. That was like such an upsetting part of the book, but like she was also most likely going to be terminal anyway. Uh. And then she was looking at this young teenage girl who had so much more to live for. So yeah. she kind of like sacrificed herself. Yeah, it's sad. It's so sad. <laughs> They're starting to cry a little. <sighs> this book was a rough one. Yeah. I think I cried for most of it, actually. Because oh, no. <laughs> there's a lot, of, a lot of tough moments in this one. Yeah. Um, and the way that Jodie Pitlock writes. Yeah. I think one of her strongest points is that she makes the characters so likable and believable. Yeah. You know, they're realistic, like, yeah, they're not necessarily perfect, but then they're dead. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Um, another hostage in the situation is a character named Joy. She was at the center for an abortion that day. Hmm. Joy is a former foster child who was given up by her mother after Joy was attacked by her mother's boyfriend when he was assaulting her mother. So Joy grows up in foster homes and she's bullied and molested. And she later is working two jobs and putting herself through school. And this is when she meets a handsome man named Joe. So they saw each other a few times. And despite being on the pill, unfortunately, she gets pregnant. So she's like, well, you know what? Like, maybe Joe will. Things are going to work out with him kind of thing. But not the case. Turns out he's married. Nice. <laughs> so he's married and he's like, um, yeah, I can't have a baby and ghosts her. Oh, so that's not how it works. <laughs> it's not what you're supposed to do. No, it's like DNA, man. You can't just. <laughs> yeah. Gotta like live up to your mistakes. Mm. I mean, cheating's a big one. We also have uh, Janie, and she is an anti... So, this is an interesting one. She's an anti-abortion activist, so she's a pro-life. Yeah. And she is one of those people that stands outside of the center that's, like, you know, pickets and 
your baby has fingernails and <laughs> that kind of situation. Yeah. So she was actually spying on the center's activities because she wanted to find evidence of them forcing women into abortions. So she was going in that day basically to see if the staff was like, yeah, you have to get an abortion, you know, like <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I don't think that happens in real life. I don't <laughs> think so either. I'm pretty sure. I would sure never know, but <laughs> I have no personal experience. Yeah. So, but from my understanding, they, it's actually the opposite. Yeah. Like when where they to- a lot of times they have to give you a lot of like reading and be like, are you sure yeah. you want to do this? It's, yeah. From my understanding, at least, that's... Yeah, I don't think, like, the legitimate places are just loosey-goosey about right. it. Right, I'm pretty sure you just don't walk in and they're like, all right, let's go! Like, <laughs> it's definitely not the case, so... <laughs> but Janie was trying to be a little spy. So Janie has a brother with Down syndrome, and she loves him, and she thinks that all lives should be saved, because she's always like, well, you know, what if somebody had aborted my brother? Yeah. However... Mm. Janie's a little bit hypocritical because it turns out she actually secretly had an abortion as a teenager after she got drunk at a party where she was trigger warning gang raped. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. So, like I said, a lot of dark topics in this. Yeah. And uh, it's surprising to me. Janie is a character, like I said, Jodie Picklop makes these characters very believable and her conflict of being pro-life but having an abortion and also having an abortion after being raped yeah was always very hard for me to understand but i think that's also what made her a great character because Mm. there probably are people out there like that yeah you know everybody's out there (laughs) and that's right there's i mean all kinds of people all kinds of beliefs yeah it's what makes the world go round We also have, I told you there's so many characters in this and I still have like a few more to go. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and I'm sorry that this is not necessarily like a plot, but this is kind of how she yeah, no, introduced characters. I'm following it all. Yeah. So basically just to follow up where we are in the plot, uh, there's hostages, they're stuck in the center. We have uh, Hugh on the outside trying to negotiate. At some point, he realizes that his daughter is in there, and he's very upset by that, obviously. (laughs) So while he's on the outside trying to negotiate, and he's also trying to not let, like, his co-workers know, because that would be kind of like... Conflict um, of interest. Conflict of interest, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And later, his supervisor does find out his daughter's in there, but, like, basically, like, at that point, it's too late. Like, he already has... A relationship with George and they don't want to pull it off but at this point they also want SWAT to just go in but he's nervous by sending SWAT in that his daughter might die like George might accidentally like escalate the situation right yeah right so he's like just keep giving me a chance to like de-escalate this and try to resolve it so meanwhile at this point we're also learning about all the other characters and why they're there and there's just a lot going on so now we are introduced to the doctor his name is Dr. Lewis Ward, and he's the OBGYN. Mm. He's a black man, and he was raised by his grandmother because his own mother died of a failed home remedy attempt at abortion. Yikes. So that's how he became an OBGYN, because he wanted to make sure that every woman was going to be given a safe option. Yeah, we just had this discussion the other day, like male OBGYNs, you know? Right. Like, I guess there's some kind of story behind it. I don't know. 
I'm sure. And I feel like this one makes sense. You know what I mean? If your yeah. mother died from a failed home abortion, I, I can see why you might want to yeah. champion that people could have safe ones. Yeah. Okay. It, it seems like a pretty good reason to me. Yeah. So Lewis is shot by George, injuring his leg, but he luckily survives. The uh, nurse there, Izzy, we're going to be just introduced to her, is able to create a tourniquet, right? I said that right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> help keep Lu- Dr. Lewis alive. So now we have Izzy, and she's a nurse, and she just learned she was pregnant. And that's how she stops George from shooting her, by telling him this. Yeah. Because he was going to, she was a nurse in the situation, so he was primarily going after the doctors and nurses at the center Mm. who like forced his daughter to get an abortion. So she's like, listen, I'm pregnant. And he's like, Oh, well, I guess I can't kill the unborn (laughs) child. I'll kill you, but not the, you know, fetus in your shit. It's a loophole. (laughs) Right. And if she just found out she was pregnant, it was probably an embryo, but that's neither here nor there. So while this hostage situation is going on, she's able to help take care of Dr. Ward, like I said before, and also Bex after Aunt Bex got shot. Izzy's kind of like the MVP of the situation, honestly. (laughs) She's the one that's just like saving everybody left and right. (laughs) Izzy grew up poor and she's made her own way of life. So her boyfriend Parker recently proposed. And towards the end of the book, we actually learn we learn she's actually a nurse for a different hospital. Ah, Just filling in. Yeah, so she switched shifts with a coworker of hers, Jayla, to arrange for two days off to get an abortion because even though she just found out she was pregnant, she doesn't want to keep it because she doesn't want to necessarily, she knows her boyfriend Parker is going to be like, oh, like, let's start this family, raise her life together. And she's like, not 100% sure she wants to have a life with him. Gotcha. So she's like, if I have this baby, yeah. he's going to like be all in and I don't think I want that. So that's why she switched with her coworker so she could get an abortion. Mm. Um, so in a hospital a few hours away, we now have Beth. I think we were introduced to Beth a little earlier in the story, and her, her story gets sprinkled throughout. Um, I'm just going to tell the whole thing. So <laughs> Do it. Woo! Beth is a 17-year-old, and she's being prosecuted for murder for having an illegal abortion. Oh, shit. Is this Texas? Mississippi, so yeah. Uh, close (laughs) she attempted it because her father had refused to provide consent and there wasn't enough time for her to obtain a judicial waiver so i guess the way the law works in mississippi i'm not 100 percent sure that this is correct either yeah it's just like a it's a fictional novel and i know things can be different yeah um there was a certain period of time i don't remember what week of the pregnancy that after that you can't have a legal abortion yeah and because she was underage, she needed parental consent in order to have the abortion. And she wasn't able to. Basically, she was screwed. Yeah. Like there was no way for her to do it. So she attempted an illegal abortion. I think she tried to do it herself. Yeah. So she ends up being hospitalized after losing too much blood. And the nurse, Jayla, who just remember, we, yeah. we met Jayla because she switched shifts with Izzy. Yeah. Jayla calls the authorities and that's how, so this girl's like literally like bleeding yeah. out and she's like handcuffed to her bed because she attempted murder. Oh God. Like horrifying. Yeah. Absolutely horrifying. Jeez, make a bad situation worse. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where we get the plot twist. At the end of the book, we learn that Beth's father is George, 
because her real name is Elizabeth Goddard, but he does not want to call her Beth. He calls her Lil. So that was, I did not, (laughs) I don't know. I, I guess I thought Beth was important in the way that it was talking about abortion and like, yeah, it being illegal. And since George was such on this crusade because his daughter had an abortion at the clinic. Yeah. I didn't put that together. But he just saw the paperwork. She asked for his consent and he didn't give consent, which is what led her to like look up herbal remedies to have the abortion. And then she ended up bleeding out. So it's his fault kind of. It's essentially his fault because, like, if he had provided consent, she would have actually had a safe yeah. abortion at the center. Yeah. Because she went there and all that happened where she didn't have enough time to get consent or a judicial waiver, thus leading her to have an illegal abortion and almost die yeah. herself. Hmm. And I think he didn't even realize that she was being prosecuted for murder at this point as he's holding a mass shooting in. Jeez her name yeah <laughs> yikes yeah so it's just a whole lot of fuck up fucked up <laughs> yeah i'd say so at this point we reach the epilogue and this is where we learn what happens to ren because remember the book starts off with yeah. the switch and george aiming the gun and pulling the trigger at ren yeah so george has set his aim into ren and hugh grabs his gun to shoot as well so at this moment both guns are going off in the end, George is dead. And Hugh's arm, because I guess Hugh ends up getting shot, and Hugh's yeah. arm is merely injured. Ren and Hugh leave together, so Ren is completely safe. Oh, cool. And we also find out that Aunt Beck survives. Oh, great. And another big plot twist, and I didn't see this one coming either. Yeah. We learn that Bex is actually, we thought it was his sister this whole time. Yeah. It's actually his mother, because she became pregnant at 14. Huh. So she, like, Basically, I guess, was always there for him. Yeah. And their parents always was just like, oh, yeah, she's your sister. And it was actually turned out it was his mother. Oh, shit. Yeah. So (laughs) lots of crazy pregnancies, things going on in this story. Um, I'm sorry it wasn't necessarily like a plot summary, (laughs) but it was kind of hard to do that the way that this book was written. Yeah, like jumpy. Yeah, she's just all over the place in terms of plot. It's more so like meeting the characters and there was a lot of them so yeah that was but very a, cool yeah a lot of things to talk about so let's Absolutely. take a quick break yep. and we'll uh, get to analysis Be right back. all right we're back <laughs> time for some analysis yeah so let's talk about why these pieces of work are controversial yeah, in absolutely. the first place i mean you can't take a shot at the church for anything <laughs> even no. if it's a comedy um, that like is very aware that it's not to be taken seriously, but you know, I think, you know, people can't take a joke. Well, the problem is that they only really like picketed this movie for a little while and then gave up. So I think a lot of people were like, I don't know if the issue is that it's a, a movie that's aggravating them or if it was kind of like a little bit of clout chasing. I don't know. Right. Like it was the <laughs> hot button issue. Cause you never hear about them still protesting this movie. It's not no. like a band list like of anything. I mean, I was eight or nine when this came out. So yeah. I don't remember it being protested at yeah. all. Like the in my best, youth. the best part about the protests is that, um, 
So nobody really knew what Kevin Smith looked like back then, I guess, like unless you followed whatever, but there's no internet and you know, yeah. So he and like a couple of his friends went to the movie theater with signs that they made up and like <laughs> mingled with the protesters and like, isn't helped. he in a like interview too? So I, yeah. So we have the lo- local news station or whatever and they went out to like do a report on all these protesters and he got on the news <laughs> with a fake name protesting his movie <laughs> and his sign says like dogma equals dog shit and they had to like blur it and like all the people were like that's a little you know rough language he's like well i'm pissed <laughs> you know? like he has a really good monologue that you can see on youtube but they're totally legit he really did go there he really did get on the news for protesting his own movie but i mean at the end of the day it helped him with publicity you know it's so funny i love that he did that oh it's hilarious but so there's also another controversial reason why you can't buy this movie anymore why is that so originally this movie was being you know made by the studio miramax Mm -hmm. which disney owned at the time i gotta look and see if they still do so disney didn't want the heat for like the movie so they sold it for the distribution rights to mr harvey weinstein Ooh, yikes. So this movie is 100% owned by Harvey Weinstein. If they want to make DVDs, if they want to do anything, it has to be up to him unless the rights go back or are bought out. Well, we don't want to give him any money either. No, exactly. So the last printing of this movie was in 2008, and that was like the special edition, whatever. And then, yeah, I don't know. He's not going to be signing any papers anytime soon. No, probably not. So if he dies... Which, you know, uh, I guess it would go in his estate. I guess it'd be in his estate. I guess. Do I don't they know how make that kind decisions? of stuff works. I don't know. I don't know. That's a whole lot of like legal mumbo jumbo. Yeah. So that's kind of a shame, you know. It, it is a shame. And I feel like. Yeah. I can understand why Disney's like, we're not interested. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think they care. I mean, Disney has gone on and done a lot of things that are. <laughs> Dude, Disney kills like every parent <laughs> in every movie, so they need gonna, to like chill. Yeah, they're not as squeaky clean if you look at their like other companies. It's true. But. It's true. <laughs> Just blacklisted ourselves from Disney, but uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? Controversy, exactly. And so, like you said too, like the religion, like the Catholic, yeah, very up in arms about this work as well. Yeah, and like. I'm not saying you can't find this movie on YouTube. Like, wink, wink. I'm not saying you can't go watch this movie in its entirety on YouTube if you look. Wink, wink. But you can't buy the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> may or may not be there for the time being, but exactly, we'll see. Exactly, yeah. But, uh, you and know, then, uh, if you find it, like, fuck Harvey Weinstein. So. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't deserve exactly. any of our money anyway. Yes. So, so that's uh, why, exactly, controversy. And I feel like my books obviously didn't yeah. have, as far as I know, there was no controversy surrounding it coming out. Uh, but the subject material is obviously very controversial. Yeah. They were too busy protesting Harry Potter still. So probably <laughs> uh, we're going to have to probably do this episode again or maybe something like similar. Yeah. Like banned books or something oh, like that. One. Banned books yeah. would be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think some of Jodie Picklock's books actually have been banned. Oh, really? She always writes about controversial, controversial things. Yeah. Like, and I, that's why I also enjoy her as an author, because it kind of makes me think about subjects in different lights. Yeah. In a way that I might not necessarily have like thought of. And I'm always like, oh, wait, what would happen if that like 
did happen. Yeah. It's and she does her research. Like that's also like props to her. She always talks to relevant people in the field. So like if she was doing Yeah. Um, like this, for example, she probably I know she reached out to like women's centers. Mm. Um, like I'm not sure if it was like Planned Parenthood or other abortion clinics, but talked to OBGYNs and talked to people that have had abortions like she does her research and that's what makes her character so yeah believable. you really gotta read up and like study whatever it is you're gonna get into just so you know the other side's views and beliefs and like right. maybe if they aren't the same things that line up with yours like at least you have like a little bit of knowledge instead of just going on facebook and ranting about shit you don't know anything about exactly you have to be <laughs> educated to make decisions and yeah. that's how i guess you would approach and discuss controversial subjects yeah like kevin smith was raised in the catholic church his entire life so you know i guess you have like a base coding of what goes on and you know so there was enough mythology and understanding and you know to a degree respect (laughs) to like it's like you got to know the subject material to make fun of the subject material in a way (laughs) like people's immediate reaction to this kind of stuff is to lose their mind and make it personal immediately yeah so you you know everybody's prepared to like make it personal, but you have to also be prepared to like bring forth a logical explanation of stuff. I mean, right. people might not always listen to it, but that's for the internet to decide. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes the opinions on the internet are something yeah, else. That's very true. <laughs> well, and it goes back to, um, what was that documentary we watched about like how the Facebook, like the social dilemma. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Where it basically just feeds you what you want to hear. It's like teaching you like yeah. stuff that you would never go out and look for. Yeah. yeah. And I think like you were saying before, it's almost good to educate yourself with the other side. Yeah. So that you could better formulate a decision and also discuss things in a like. Yeah, because there's always something to learn from another person's opposite point of view, unless it's harmful to the public. Like if you're a Nazi, you could fuck right off. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot wrong with your views then. Yeah. <laughs> but we're just going to be honest about that. Mm, yeah. Like, I'm pro-choice. I'm going to be, I mean, I guess I feel like we can't get through this episode without talking yeah. about that. But I personally would never get an abortion. Yeah. And le- I'm, But then I say that, but I've never been in a situation where, like, God forbid I'm told, like, you know, something's wrong with my baby and it's not going to live. Or if I have this baby, it's going to be like, uh, like harmful to my health, you know? And yeah. I think, what do you do in situations like that? Mm, it's, gotta, it's hard. It's, you know, your body, <laughs> you got to make your decisions, you know? Right. And I think that's what's important is that every woman should have a choice of what to do with their own personal body. And I think right now in particularly in the U S we have a lot of state governments that are a little too controlling on the uterus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> People who don't have them are right. very controlling of them. So, I mean, that's, I mean, I like to weigh both sides logically when I can, but like in that case, like it, it's not my, you know, like I don't have <laughs> the thing you're trying to regulate. So like, you got to just set this one out. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately a lot of men. <clears throat> yeah politicians don't have that view or yeah that mindset that you have so i mean like you were kind of saying before we kind of have to play devil's advocate a little bit in terms of like controversial subjects yeah where you have to 
maybe sometimes play the other side to figure out how the other side's thinking. Yeah. But I, I mean, also there are instances where like, it's, it's not like a gray area. Like it is black or white, like stuff's wrong or it's not wrong. So oh, yeah, absolutely. that's the thing with controversy. Like there's going to be some people who just will get red in the face arguing either to be a troll or like, they don't know what they're talking about and they're not really like educated on the subject. And like in that case, dude, you got to like, right. <laughs> either you have to have the like ability to just say like, fuck it and walk away or, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. And that falls back to like we were saying before is like being educated on both sides. Yeah. Like know your argument and know your opponent's argument yeah. per se. I would say the difference is that when it is when it's art that you're talking about, like while I might not see like the same thing as art as artistic as someone else. So like something subjective. Yeah, exactly. Like art can be controversial, like a movie or a book. You know, right? It, absolutely. You know. How many times do you see that list of like banned books from school? Like To Kill a Mockingbird is often yeah, on again <laughs> on banned book lists, and I'm like, can we like figure yeah, this out? Like you guys, Harry Potter. Yeah. Big controversy with that back in the day because of witchcraft. But like, those are <laughs> those are like things that you could learn from in controversy. Like, there's definitely like interpretation it's not you know right the well, earth is not being round and <laughs> yeah. like i said earlier that's almost why i love jody picklot's books like even yeah. though sometimes her formula is very predictable the way that she writes her novels i always feel like it makes me truly think about the controversy at the heart of it yeah so like in this one in particular it kind of helps to like shape my views on abortion and like which is such a stick sticky subject. And I think that's the beauty of art is yeah. like, it helps you to think. And I, and I think even with it this helps movie, frame stuff. Yeah. And know. even with dogma, like I said earlier, as someone who has, was raised in Christianity, like, should I have been offended by this movie? Yeah. Maybe, but I wasn't because at the yeah. end of the day, I took it as it's entertainment. I know it's a comedy yeah. and I know it's, art and it's entertainment and i know it's meant to be viewed in a comedic mm. way yeah like you can't take it seriously yeah but i mean there is comedy that like is outrageous and people can't take jokes or right you know like there's some comedians where like i don't like them or think they're not funny but like i understand that in the context of them as a comedian on stage they're telling right. quote jokes you know i i got a be honest, Jeff knows this. I'm not a huge stand-up comedy person. <laughs> it's astounding to me. <laughs> I, and it, maybe it's just I haven't found like the yeah. comics I like because I'm not about the necessarily like raunchy humor. Like if you're trying to tell me like weird sex stuff, I'm gonna be like, this isn't funny. Like <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't yeah. do anything for me in terms of my <laughs> sense of humor. I guess I don't know the raunchy stuff. Maybe you don't really watch like raunchy comedy. No, though. no. Um, and there's some comedy I like, I guess. I don't know. I got to feel like out SNL, what though. So that's what's weird. <laughs> so sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's the skits I like. Yeah. Yeah. Because gotcha. it's like acting. Gotcha. You well, know, stand up comedy is kind of acting. I mean, I guess. But it's like they're trying to talk to you like your best friends. And it's, yeah, doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> Though I got to say, I did like live stand up. Yeah. OK. So maybe it's maybe it's the theatrical experience. I need to be like in an audience. Nice. Got to be there in person. (laughs) 
so in terms of like resolving controversy, I guess your controversy in terms of this movie coming out has resolved because I just don't time. Yeah. Yeah. It just took time because like at this point, oh, my God, how long has it been? Yeah. 11 years later? No, no. <laughs> 21 years later. Yeah. Guys, I still think 1999 was 10 years ago. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> I know a lot of millennials feel the same way. Yeah. So just comment and like, you know, how you feel. Uh, but yeah, in the last 21 years, I don't think I've seen any like, oh, well, dogma equals dog shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think Kevin gets more shit for this movie Yoga Hosers now than any of these other ones. So. I haven't even heard of that. <laughs> oh, you know. Okay. We'll leave it at Maybe that. Maybe not one we'd cover. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's the thing, though. Like you were saying about art. Art kind of should be controversial. Yeah, you know. That's a good shit. Make it exciting. That's how you know. Yeah, make it sexy. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you should live life. Yeah. Throw a little bit of controversy, right? Exactly. <laughs> anyway, you want to take a quick break and we'll talk about recommendations and ratings? Let's do it. All right, we'll be right back. We're back. Let's talk ratings and recommendations. Oops, I dropped something. <laughs> so, Jeff, what is your ratings and recommendations for Dogma? I would give it a very nice. I thought it aged pretty well. Um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are still good. Oh my god, so good! <laughs> they definitely like took it seriously. Alan Rickman too. I mean, took the movie very seriously. And, I gotta say, but it had fun. I, I don't remember Matt Damon being that attractive, <laughs> and I was like pleasantly surprised. I was like, wow, nineties. Yeah, you're at the height of your career. There you're you looking go. great. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, I'd say the masterpiece scene was when the uh, like the Metatron like returns to Bethany after she figures out that she's the last scion and like talks her through it. Alan Rickman. Just hello. Hello. <laughs> I am Alan Rickman. Yeah. Um, I can't not do that whenever he's around. I don't I know. know. I'm not even like a big family guy fan, but like that was a good one. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, recommendations. You I have an say, MVP. Oh, MVP. I would say Rufus. I think he was cool. Yeah. And Bethany, obviously. Rock. Yeah, but he was good. <laughs> uh, Ben Affleck, like I said, killed it too. Everybody in the movie really like, brought it it was like campy but they brought it they did I, honestly i think everybody did a really good job in this movie yeah so my recommendation is going to be a little out there okay <laughs> i would say the wizard of oz is pretty close <laughs> if you like huh. pilgrimage movies where like you have a ragtag group of people and you gotta go figure oh something my God. out you're yeah. right <laughs> there you go and then there's like flying monkeys but in this there's like the skating kids and then the witch yeah, whatever. what mm-hmm. the bad guy gets I'm taken like, out in like no time with like a holy object like water the, my mind is blown right now but you're right there is a lot of crossovers in there that. you go huh. so. can't go wrong with wizard of oz that's a classic no, yeah one of my so. faves <laughs> a lot we less vulgar that. a lot less vulgar yeah <laughs> that had witches too i wonder if that was like controversial back in the day I'm sure it was. That was craft. I think it was the 30s, right? So yeah, that was probably pretty controversial. Yes. That actually, that would have been a good movie because there was a lot of controversy surrounding that movie. Yeah. But that was like sad controversy. Like a lot of alcoholism sad, yeah. and shit. But anyway. But anyway. What about you? I'm also going very nice. Uh, I love, I'm a big Jodie Picklot fan. This is one of her stronger novels. Yeah. So 
I actually highly recommend this. It gets you really thinking about abortion in different ways. Uh, MVP at the end of the day is going to be Ren. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to keep in mind this girl's 15 years old and uh, she's being responsible for her, for her health, which is great. And she gets through this mass shooting, like so strong. Like she's just holding her own. She's making sure her aunt Bex gets medical attention. She's the one that stabs George. Like, (laughs) Good for you, honey. Like, yeah. you're the one taking charge in this situation and going after the shooter. Like, she's fighting back. Yeah, exactly. So, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty badass. Go. Like, good for you. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. Like, if I was in a mass shooting situation, I'm not sure if I could go. That I know that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to fight. But I don't know if I could. Yeah. So. I know it's supposed to be, I think it's run, hide, fight. Oh, yeah is the order you're supposed to do. So first option's run. Yeah. Second option is to hide. Third option is to fight the shooter. Yeah. So very sad. We live in America that this is like yeah. common knowledge. Yeah. That could be a whole other episode. Yeah. <laughs> if we want to get into other controversial subjects. Yeah. Anyway, masterpiece scene is finding out that Beth is the, the one who got arrested for illegal abortions is actually Lil. George's the shooter's yeah, daughter. Right. That was crazy. A wild moment in this book for me. I was like, wait, what? Because like the the name thing, like Beth Lil, like yeah, it's not. I like did a not see that coming. Nickname, right. yeah. Like if you had told me it was like Elizabeth and Lil, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, recommendations. Any Jody Picklot novel is going to be very similar, but uh, specifically, Nineteen Minutes is about a school shooting, so kind of a similar subject uh yeah that's also one of my favorites by her another great controversial subject to get into <laughs> yay happy things Woo. <laughs> Woo, america that fun was last week we're on a different <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah controversy not as fun mm. but kind of fun to talk about there you go all right. So, yeah, that was our show for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed. I know there's a lot of heavy topics, um, but we thought, you know, I don't know. It's controversy. That's what we were talking about, man. You get some heads turning. So, so uh, we like to cover like real life things here. So, yeah, sometimes we got to get a little heavy. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's it for this week. We have uh, more fun stuff coming up for you <laughs> soon. Um, be on the lookout for that new logo. And uh, we're going to try and do another video for you. We wanted to have it out this week, but, um, you know. <laughs> we'll probably get it out this week. We're getting week. there. Yeah. yeah. We got yeah. some fun stuff on Prime Day to <laughs> help us with our video. We got things up our <laughs> sleeve. So, yeah. Thank you guys very much for coming back with us. Um, you could listen to our older episodes on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Uh, if you felt like we earned it, you can go ahead and give us the five-star review on Apple Podcasts and leave us a little note, and we'd love to read it on the air if uh, we see it. Mm. And Heather, you want to see how we can get in touch with people? Absolutely, how they can get in touch with us. Well, yeah, we're going to find the people. We're gonna, you're going to find us, we'll find you. Exactly. You know. If you want to get in contact with us on social media, you can find us Parallel Fiction on Instagram and Twitter, Parallel Fiction Podcast on Facebook, or you could hit us up the old-fashioned way with an email, parallelfictionpod at gmail.com. We eventually need to get our TikTok going and be yeah. a little bit more current and get out of the old-fashioned <laughs> way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's our show. And uh, thanks again, guys. Take care. Have a great week.